Um, we are going to s- continue this series, and I'm going to talk specifically about the leading of the Holy Spirit. We've talked about Him as, his, as, per- as a person. We, we encountered His presence and, and, and Him as a person last, this past weekend. And I'm going to continue the conversation of the leading. I truly believe that believers who call themselves Christ followers, well, we've got to be following Him, right? And He chose to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us. Matter of fact, it says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, which we're going to be hanging out a ton in Galatians 5, and we're going to be hanging out a ton in Romans chapter 8. Why? Because on top of those headings in my Bible, it says things like living by the Spirit, a Spirit-filled life. So those are kind of things I turn my ear to when I'm reading Scripture. And here's what we find in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. So if you're following along, here we go. It says this, So I say, this is Paul writing to the Galatian church, let the Holy Spirit, what? Let, it gu- let Him guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. So uh, even here Paul is saying, I want the Holy Spirit to, to guide you. One of His job descriptions in our life is to be led or to be guided or to follow after the Holy Spirit. And I put in your notes, to, to let the Holy Spirit lead us, for the leading of the Holy Spirit to happen, it requires a yielding of us in our lives. To be led by anything, it requires a yielding. You, you, you can't have leadership and yielding at the same time. You, in order to be led, you have to yield first, and then you can be led. I, I've already shared this many times uh, from this platform. I, I am a sideways driver, right? I'm a side passenger driver. If I'm not in the driver's seat, it's bad in my car, right? I just... I have to fall asleep if anybody else is driving in the car because I just, I panic, I'm, I push the invisible brake, I turn the invisible wheel, I grab the oh Jesus handle in the car, you know, like I, 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 the seatbelt, I'm just a nervous wreck when it comes to not being in charge. And so tonight I could be talking to some of our people who like to be in charge of everything and you know, you know who you are, we've already addressed you this year, okay, God bless you, you're on a journey of recovery, okay, like me. So, we're, but we're gonna, we got to understand that in order to, to yield, I, I, can't, I can't still be driving the car while my wife is driving. That's just weird to be both of us in the driver's seat, right? It just doesn't work with two people sitting in that chair trying to go two different, it just doesn't work. So in order for us to be led by the Holy Spirit, there re, it requires a yielding of us. And that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the yielding to the Holy Spirit tonight in three aspects of our life. We're going we're gonna to talk about the yielding to the Holy Spirit in our mind and the way we think and why that's important and why our minds are kind of really crazy. Uh, we're going to talk about the yielding of the Holy Spirit as it relates to our motives, our heart, and what our heart produces and why it's really beneficial to yield to the Holy Spirit in our motives and, of course, in our lives and what that looks like and how to do that, the yielding of the Holy Spirit in our lives and our lifestyles. So why... Is this important? Well, if you're a Christ follower, this is going to make a whole lot of sense for you. But if you're here tonight, kicking the tires, checking out this whole Jesus thing, listen, why we love the Holy Spirit and why we partner with the Holy Spirit, because we learned at the beginning of this series that we can't experience all that God has for us unless we allow the Holy Spirit um, to be part of our life. Remember, the fullness of God comes through the person of the Holy Spirit. So it's important to us as Christ followers. If you're here checking us out, that's, what we, that's why we're going to talk about it tonight. It's because it's important to us. And because Paul gives us really terrible insight to what happens if we choose not to. All right, so here we go. You ready? Buckle up. Here it is. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. This is why, 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 Paul? Why do we need to be yielded to the Holy Spirit? Why is leading 
uh, being led by the Holy Spirit is such a big deal. All right, here he goes. So I say, we've already read this, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then, and only then, you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Well, what does this thing crave? We're going to find that out tonight. It's pretty, pretty sick. All right. The sinful nature wants to do evil. Uh-oh. Which is just the what? The opposite, the exact opposite of what the Spirit wants. All right, so he's saying, listen, there's this sinful nature, and, and if you follow after it, it literally is going to go in the opposite direction that the Spirit wants our lives to go. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature does. And these two forces, what are the forces? Our sin nature, the Spirit nature, right? These two forces are constantly, I mean, fighting, just That's what they do. They fight each other. So you are not free to carry out even our good intentions. Like, I promise, Pastor Mike, it was was a good intention. I I promise I wasn't going to, you know, I wasn't going to, you know, let the comments stay on there so long. I was going to erase it after a couple likes. You know, like, my, my heart was in the right, right? Like, even our good intentions, the Bible says, when we're led by the sinful nature, it leads us into an opposing position of what God wants for us. So now we can see as Christ followers, if I'm not led by the Spirit, then the other option is I'm being led by my sin nature. And where that's going to take me is in the exact opposite of where God wants me to be. So if I'm a Christ follower, I'm paying attention because I don't want to find myself on the opposite side of the fence from God. Maybe from my grumpy neighbor, but not from the Lord. I, I want to be like, dude, yes, we're on the same page. You're, I'm following you. I tr- trust you. I don't want to be on the opposite side of it. But Paul is going to tell us that the only way to walk in step with God, to make sure I make it to the place that God has designed for me, and I'm truly following Him, I've got to yield to the Holy Spirit. And I've got to let my sin nature kind of take a back seat. And I have to put in the driver's seat the Holy Spirit. Get out of the car, hand them the keys, go around, get in the passenger seat and say, you're in control. And that's hard to do. Paul's going to tell us what happens though if we, if we don't. And so Paul's reminding us that this is what happens if we don't. But he gives us this hope, and I'm not here to tell you good luck. No, he gives us hope. He says, but the Holy Spirit, in Galatians chapter 5, verse 21, it's 22, it says, but the Holy Spirit, whew, I'm glad he's here, produces this kind of fruit in our lives. This is what we, if we partner with Him, here's what we get. Love, awesome. I love love. I love love. Love's important. Joy, hallelujah. Peace, patience. Me and the Lord are still working on that one. Uh, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. These are all great things that the Holy Spirit produces. And then this one, I'm like, oh, and self-control. Yikes. So something about yielding to the Holy Spirit He's going to produce in me almost the ability to yield to Him comes from Him because I don't even want to do it on my own. I'm like, I'm, I'm, in, I'm self in control, right? No, it doesn't say self in control. It says to be self-controlled. And we're going to unpack what that really means tonight. I've, I've entitled this or kind of subtitled this message, the Yielding to the Holy Spirit, Controlling the Selves. I'm not multi-personality. I'm not talking about like the schizophrenic part of me. Uh, I'm talking about controlling the selves that are barriers to being led by the Holy Spirit. What do we have to yield to internally to let the Holy Spirit be the guider of our lives? That's what Paul Let the Holy Spirit, what? Guide you, right? That's the goal. How do I do that? Because I got, I got a great guide right here. I'm a good guide. Yeah, and Paul's going to tell you where my guiding leads me and what my guiding has done in my life. 
and uh, I'm not very proud of it, and I actually need to rely on the Holy Spirit. But here we're going to talk about the self, the, 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 the controlling the selves in our life. If the Holy Spirit produces self-control, it says that the Holy Spirit produces self-control, then there's some yielding to myself, there's some yielding of the selves in my life. We're going to talk about that. Three simple things, because that's just how simply I am. All right, here we go. Number one, you ready? Taking notes. The first self that the Holy Spirit comes in, and we're going to have to deal with, and we're going to have to let Him yield, and we're going to have to let Him mess with, is the self-desire aspect of our life. I have self-desires. You have self-desires. Everyone has self-desires. No one is omitted from this. No one uh, walks this planet and doesn't desire things. All of us have self-desires. And Paul is going to tell us what happens... When we just let that go, untapped, unyielded to the Holy Spirit. Here it is, verse 19, still in Galatians chapter 5. When you follow, oh come out of your sleep. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, he's going to tell us, here's what he's going to say. The results are very, it's very clear. There's, there's no, it's obvious what happens. That means as a Christ follower in this room, and I realize not everybody may be, but those of us who are, who have committed to following Jesus, it's going to be very clear whether or not we're being led by the Spirit. It's not like, I, I'm, I'm, I wonder, I wonder, you know, she's, you know, she's losing some weight. Maybe she's, you know, she's on the outside. She's, you know, he's, he's got a beard has changed. You know, maybe because his outside is, no, no, no. This, this is all an internal conversation. And people ought to know. We're, following, we're led by the Holy Spirit. It's obvi- it says it's clear. Our lifestyle is going to be so clear to people on the outside looking in. Paul says, here's what happens. Here's what happens. It's very clear what happens when you follow the desires of your sinful nature. This list is not fun to read, but we're going to read it together because it's in the Word of God. Here it goes. Sexual morality. That's what happens when we follow our desires. Impurity. Lustful pleasures. Idolatry. He's going to dedicate two whole verses to this. Sorcery. Hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division. Are you done yet, Paul? No. Envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. He doesn't, he's like, there's more. He says, let me tell you again, in case you missed it, in case you fell asleep in my list. Let me tell you again. As I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Radar should be going on for Christian folks in the room. If I choose to let me, my self-desires, lead my life, this is the path that's, uh, that I can see. It's very clear to me what's going to be in my future. But if I'm a Christ follower, I'm saying, you know what? I'm not really excited about that list. I don't want those things in my life. Those are things, get it opposite of what I want in my life to be known for. Paul says, listen, this is what happens when we let our self-desire lead the conversation instead of the Holy Spirit. He's not done. He writes the Romans. We're going to get to Romans now. You ready to go to Romans chapter 8? This is going to, yeah, this hurts even worse. All right, here we go. Romans chapter 8, verse 5, it says this. Those who are dominated, what a great word, by the sinful nature, they think about sinful things. But those who are controlled, oh, he wrote the word controlled in there. That's so terrible. No one likes to be controlled unless you're a Christ follower and you realize you're not leading your life. You're letting God lead your life. We don't care about this word control. And I realize that's the tension in this conversation. That's why it's controlling self, right? I want to be in charge. I want to be in control. He says, listen, uh, but those who are controlled by the Spirit, they think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind 
It leads to death. He just drops the bomb right there. It, says, it leads to destruction. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and to peace. You see the opposite, death, life. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God, always. There, there's not, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do a little bit of this and God will be okay because it's just a little bit, it's just a little, just a tiny, you know, not a whole lot. And we've already, you know, just a little bit. God's like, no, it's sin and it is entirely opposite of what God, it's hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws. Not, what didn't? Our sinful nature never did and it never will. Wow, that's powerful. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. And maybe that's you. You're, you're chasing this. I, I, you're a people pleaser. Like, like sometimes I struggle with being a people pleaser. I, I, just, want, I just like to make people happy. And I, wanna, I wanna, you know, just want people to like me. And so this was an issue for me in my life. I just want to please God. I, and I want to please God. But I realize I can never please God when I'm chasing my own selfish desires. And when I partner with the Holy Spirit, he, he gives me the ability to say, God, not my will, but yours. My desires tend to change when I'm following the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, here's what the hope of this whole self-desire thing is. Back in Galatians, we're jumping back into Galatians chapter 5. Paul writes this verse, and I love this. Those who belong to Jesus Christ, and it's, are you? Do you? Do you belong? Do you, do you associate yourself? Do you call yourself a follower of Jesus? It says, those who belong to Jesus Christ, or to Christ Jesus, excuse me, have nailed, I love this, the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross, and they've crucified them there. There's the goal. I've taken the desires that, the, that, that are in my sinful nature, that are real and that are there and that are ugly and that lead to things like the list, the immoral, all those things. And, and I've taken those as a Christ follower and I've said, I do not want this anymore in my life. And I nail them to the cross, which says I'm forgiven. I'm not a slave to these things. I don't have to be destined to this. I'm freed of these things. And instead, I replace that with the prompting of the Holy Spirit in my life. That's what it means to yield to the Holy Spirit. I take my passions and my desires. But God, you, 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 you wired me this way. You made me this way. I, I hear that argument so many times for various different arguments. And I said, God did not wire you to be opposing to him. He's presented the person of the Holy Spirit. Listen, we read this verse over and over here. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. A new person is there. You've been born again. You're not that old person anymore. So even if you think, well, he, he made me this way. Yeah, but he made you new. He changed you. He rearranged you. He, he rescued you. He brought you from dead because you were dead into life. So you no longer are made that way. God has redeemed you to be a purpose and to be uh, uh, in his family. He's redeemed you. So therefore, we say, you know what? No, my desires, my, 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 my will, my passions, the things I, I no, I nailed those to the cross. I submit those to you, Jesus. Controlling the self-desire requires us to take those desires and nail them to the cross and say, I've forgiven. Because those desires, Paul says, and we're, if we're all honest with each other, we've thought things, we've, we've battled in our mind, we've, that's why it takes a yielding of the mind. Paul says, you, you thought about these things, yeah, we've, some of us have actually followed through and done some of that list. Because that's what happens when we let the sinful nature dis- control but we have to yield our desires to him. Number two, simply this. Let's keep moving. The self-righteousness that shows up as human beings in our sinful nature, right? Like, I, I did this. 
I, 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 I rescued myself. I'm the one that made me better. God didn't really do anything. I'm the one that pursued the degree. I'm the one that married her. I married up, right? Whatever. Like we, we try to take credit for stuff that you know you married way out of your league. That was all God, right? That all God. You couldn't have done that on your own, right? You needed God to step in, and he did, and you got lucky, right? He helped you out. Um, but but, but that, this, this, this an ugliness that sits inside of us, this self-righteous attitude that, that points uh, both fists to heaven and says, I don't need you, I'm good without you, self. Paul, Paul mentions that in here, and he says, uh, Galatians chapter at the beginning, but the Holy Spirit produces this in you. You, you, you didn't create this. You didn't become kind and gentle on your own. Everyone knows the kind of person you were. Everyone knows the kind of person I was. My wife knows the impatient version of me. She's seen it. She's had to love me through it. Like she knows what I'm capable of in my sinful nature. And I have to be very careful to go, you know what, God? You're the one that produces life in me. You're the source of my joy. Not, not, the, not the workplace, not, not the education, not the relationship. No, you're my source. I have to... I have to Yield this self-righteous attitude that says, I'll go chase it myself. I'll get it done myself. I don't need God to do anything. No, I've got to lay that down. And I'm going to go back to, here we go. We're going back to Galatians. It says, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in what? In every part of our lives. Lest we not become conceited or provoking one another or even jealous of one another. Don't, don't point at nobody. Don't be like, yeah, see, that's for you, right? Don't do that. That's that self-righteous. It's, it's tough, ain't it, right? To be like, you, that's all about. No, no, no. Let's turn it in. This is an inward conversation we're having with ourselves. We're talking about controlling self. Not provoking one another. Not, 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 not even envying one another or being jealous of another person's faith or another person's relationship with God. Listen, we're all his children. He's, he's going to call us all his children. He's going to say, put us all in the same category. He says he loves every one of us the same. Like, we've got to understand it was what he did on the cross and not what we did. So Paul, back in Romans, we're going to jump back in Romans. Are you with me? Everybody staying with me? We're jumping back and forth. Romans, 5, Romans 8, Galatians 5. Here we're back in Romans. Paul answers this self-righteous right here. He says, but you are not controlled. You are not. We are not. We're going to own that. But we are not controlled by our sinful nature, right? You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the same, uh, excuse me, if you have the Spirit of God living in you, right? And what does he say? And why? Because we forget, don't we? Uh, I did this. No, no, no. Remember who saved you. Remember who you're partnering with. It is not by your efforts. That's what Paul would say. Lest any man should boast about you or me or my efforts. No, Paul's saying, no, no. Remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them. Remember, if it wasn't for Jesus, but he says the Spirit. If it wasn't for the Holy Spirit moving you towards Christ, what would, none of this would have anything. None of us would be. We would not belong to him at all, he says, verse 10. And Christ lives within you. So he's about to just set us all straight right? It's Christ within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit, who? The Holy Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit, he means, he's just going, it ain't you, dude. It ain't your efforts. It's not by your will. It's not by your might. It's not by my strength. It's not by my knowledge. It's not by my works. No, it's by the Spirit, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead. He lives inside of you. And just as God raised Jesus from the dead, boom, you will give your life and your mortal bodies will die. But the same spirit is living within you. He's just telling us, listen, it's Jesus and the Holy Spirit who's really changing your life. Don't play. Don't play. 
Don't try to take credit for something that you, that's what it means to be yielded, to not be like, I did this. I'm the one changing my, I'm the one that fixed my marriage. I'm the one that's doing this. I'm the one, no, no, you need to lay that down and say, God, I could not do this without you. I wouldn't want to do this without you. You get all glory in my life. You get all honor in my life. You get all praise in my life. That's what it means to lead, to be led by the Holy Spirit, to recognize that it's God who changed us. It's God who's, who's doing this work. It's the Holy Spirit who produces love inside of you. We're incapable of it without God. We're incapable of being kind. It's just not possible to sustain uh, kindness without the presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So we're going we're to control our self-desires. We've got to lay that down. We've got to crucify that on the cross. We're going to control our self-righteousness. Instead of turning our nose towards God, embrace the fact that He is our source. And being led by the Holy Spirit, lastly, is just simply this. Our self-confidence. And you say they sound the same, but, but I mean sometimes it's the lack of self-confidence. You know, when the enemy sneaks around and goes, I've seen you at that immoral party. I've seen you at the... And he just goes down the list and goes, yep, that's you. Yep, that's you. Yep, that's you. Right? And we read that list and go, thanks a lot for... Ex- you just showed my whole Saturday night what I did Saturday night, right? And it's all on one day. And you're like, God, I feel so terrible. Is this what it means to be led by the Holy Spirit? Just constantly like being dragged through the mud and look at all the bad things that you've done and look at all the condemnation and look at all the... No, this is what I mean by self-confidence. Some of us, it is our pride and we got to lay that down. That's self-righteousness. I, I spoke about that already. This is the one that walks in the room tonight and is just, you're, you're, you're burdened and you're pushed down because the sinful nature does that to us. It, it, it enslaves us and walks us to our deathbed and says, that's all you have. That's all I got for you. That's all you're good for. That's all you're worth. Suck some oxygen for a couple of years and then you're done and there's no purpose to your life. But people who are led by the Holy Spirit, those of us who have yielded our self-confidence, our image, our, our, our ethos to the Holy Spirit, we get a different message from God's Word. Back in Romans chapter 8, we're almost done. He says this, So you have not received a spirit, little spirit, that makes you fearful slaves. We sing about that all the time here. That spirit of being brought down and being bogged down and being uh, uh, put under this, this, this rule of the sin and that that's all you're destined for. You know, everyone's told you your whole life. That's all you're going to mount to. That's all you can. No, no, no. He, he says that doesn't, that's not God. That's that, that spirit that you carry. That's not from God. Instead, what did we receive? Is there that capital spirit? We received God's spirit, the Holy Spirit, when he adopted you. When he said, you're worthy, no one else thinks you're worthy. Because if it's, I'm adopted, that means I'm an orphan. That means everyone's abandoned me, no one's left me. That's exactly what sin does. It takes you way over here and just leaves you by yourself and says, good luck. But Jesus says, no, I loved you enough. I saw you in all your brokenness. And I saw you when no one wanted you. I saw you in your sin. I saw you in your wild parties. And I still came down here and I wrapped my arms around you. And I brought you into my family. I said, you're one of mine. You're my son. You're my daughter. That's what that means. He says, no, we've been adopted by the Spirit. And it says, as his own children. Not even as, you know, your mom's child or your aunt's child. No, he says, as my child. Now we call him Abba, Father. For his Spirit joins with our Spirit to affirm that we are God's children. It just, it just yes, I am. It just says yes in my Spirit. And it says, and since we are his children, here it is, we are his heirs. Not his hairs. I remember reading as a teenager going, I don't want to be a hair. What, uh, elbow hair, back hair. Anyways, 
I don't want to be a hare. No, no, no. That, that word literally means you, you, you gain whatever valuables, whatever possessions that you've been adopted in. And it's the same year as if you were born into that family from day one. You have access to all the goods is what that means. You and I, we're heirs. It says we're heirs. We're not, just, we're not just sons and daughters. He says, I give you my inheritance. I give you all of it that's been stored up for you. And it says, in fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of his glory. He even gives us a part of his glory. He says, it's yours as well. Where does that life exist? When we yield. When we say, my image is not in, in, in this world. My image is not in my past. My image is not in, in, in who other people have said I'm going to be. My image, my confidence is in the cross. My confidence is in Jesus. My confidence is in my Savior. That's what it means to yield to the Holy Spirit. Stop believing the lie that you're worthless. You're nothing. You're nobody. Start saying, no, 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 I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. Come on, can you, just, can you just put your hand over your heart and just say that I'm a child of God. I am a child of God tonight. That's what it means to be led by the Spirit. Lay down the, 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 the yeah, but, but it's so fun and the, well, my friends are doing it and it's, and you know, it's, it's, it's boring being a Christ follower. You and I are serving the same Jesus if you think it's boring. Lay all that stuff down because it's going to lead to death anyways. Put it at the feet of Jesus and then I got to say, God, it's you who does this in my life. It's you who transformed me. And then lastly, I got to say, it's in you I have my being. You are everything to me. I'm your son. I'm your daughter. That's what it means to be led by the Spirit. And you cannot tell me that a life that's following the Holy Spirit, a life that's being guided by the Holy Spirit, you don't experience God's glory and His goodness and His fathership and His awesomeness. You you, you experience so much more than being led by your sinful nature. But still a choice. Like Paul even says, the Holy Spirit's not going to force himself on you. He's not going to enter your life and, and spook you out and, you know, possess. No, none of it's an invitation to say, I want to I be led by the Holy Spirit. It's an invitation, always by invitation only. I put in my notes like the final thought, this fighting. Remember, there's, why, why is it so hard then, Pastor Mike? Because it's, it's war. It's war for your soul. It's war for your spirit. It's war for your heart. It says my sinful nature and God's spirit, that nature that I've received, I mean, it's just ah, 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 all the time. Here's what I say. That battle is won. When you think of fighting battles, you don't think of this word. You think fighting battles, you think, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight harder. I'm going to fight more. No, no, no. This battle that Galatians speaks of, the sinful nature, spirit nature, being led by the spirit, being led by the sin, my sin the, this battle is won when I surrender. When I say, uh-uh, I surrender, God. I've done it my way. I've done them. I got the scars of that chapter in my heart. I've got the scars of the parties and the drunkenness and the and the idolatry. I got the scars in my heart. I got the pain. I got the baggage. I got all the guilt. I got all the shame associated with that list. I surrender. And you win your battle of yielding to the Holy Spirit when you surrender and say, God, I, I want to be led by you. You hand him the keys. You say you're in charge. You're in control. So tonight I realized, though, for some of us, that first journey is I've never even done that in my life to Jesus. I'm still, I'm still the Savior of my own heart. Listen, you can't do it. There's nothing you can do 
to rescue your life. It requires a Savior. We were broken and we have sinned, but Jesus paid the price for our sin on the cross. And it's an invitation tonight that if you're here and you're going, you know what, I don't even know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Right here, right now, you can be brought into the family of God. You can be adopted into our family. You can be born again. So I'm asking you to do something churchy. Maybe you've done this before. Maybe you've never done this before. I'm asking you to bow your heads, close your eyes. Why do we do that? It's just so you're not distracted by Pokemon Go coming on your screen and saying there's a Pikachu around here or something. Like it's just so you and God can connect. It's just for you and the Lord to just have a moment where you're open and you're finally slowed down and you're, you, can, you can pay attention to the, the prompting of the Holy Spirit that he's been, he's been trying to get your attention all week long maybe. But if you're here tonight or watching online and you're like, you know what, I don't know if I've ever surrendered my heart. I don't know if Jesus, I don't know if I'm following Jesus. Nonetheless, the Holy Spirit, I don't even know if I'm following Jesus tonight. Tonight, you can be adopted into this family. You can be adopted into this family. You can be invited to the table of the Lord. If that's you, you're sitting tonight. Tonight, I've, I've been doing this on my own. I've got sin in my life. The Bible says sin separates us from God. He's perfect and holy, and we are not. And so we need an advocate, and Jesus came as our advocate. He took our place on the cross, and he died, and he took our sins upon him. So you and I can stand perfect and holy before God. He invites you out of this, out of this pattern that's, just destined to live in sin, destined to live in death, destined to live in darkness and destruction. God says, I, I, I've sent the answer. It's Jesus. All we have to do is open our heart to him. If you're here in this room or watching online, either way, you're here, you're watching online, you're saying, oh, I don't know Jesus. But tonight I want to meet the Savior. I want to meet this Savior. If that's you, just simply lift your hand all over this room. Just sit, your hand is being raised over here in this section. Several hands in this section. A couple hands in this section. Hands over here. Listen, God sees your hand. It doesn't matter if anybody else sees it. God sees your hand. The one who sees, the one who counts sees it. The Word of God says, uh, anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord is saved. And tonight we're going to do that. We're going to allow you to call upon the name of the Lord and be rescued and be brought into the family. You're about to be adopted into the family. But there's just one more step that says, listen, we got to confess with our mouth, not just with our mind or with our heart, but with our mouth. we gotta, we got to make a vocal confession. Why vocal? Why would God put that in there? Because he knows that out of the abundance of the heart, what is inside my heart, my mouth is going to speak. So if it's not in my heart, it ain't even going to come out of my mouth. But if it's coming out of my mouth, it's because I believe it in my heart that I need this. I, I recognize Jesus is my I recognize he's the solution. Several hands went up all over this place. I'm going to invite us as a church community. I'm going to invite us as a family. Those of us that are already a part of God's family. We're going to repeat this prayer. We're going to say this prayer. And if you raise your hand for you, I want you to just confess. But all of us are going to say this. Why? Because we want to encourage you. You're not, you're not on your own. You're a part of something bigger. And we're going to say this prayer together. But on behalf of those who raised your hand, listen, it's got to come from your heart. My words are not special. It's just I believe what I'm saying. And when you begin to believe what you're saying, that's called faith. That's called faith, and it's ignited inside of you, and God is able to forgive you of all your sins. So I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer. Just, just repeat after me if you're in this place. I, I want everyone to feel comfortable tonight. But let's go, church. Let's do this together. Dear Heavenly Father, I recognize today that I have sin in my life, and it separates me from you. But you sent Jesus Christ to die on a cross to be the payment for my sins. A man who knew no sin became sin for me. He died on the cross, but he rose again, which means he conquered my sin. He defeated death, and he sits at the right hand of the Father. And I thank you, Jesus, 
And I invite you, Jesus, to be the leader of my life, the Savior of my heart. In your precious name I pray. Amen. Amen. The Bible says, listen, you've been adopted. You've been brought into this family. A new person is here tonight. The old is gone. The new is here. Now I'm just going to just end with this. You're here tonight. Maybe you've said that prayer before in your life. But you kind of kick God out the driver's seat and be like, "Uh uh-uh. This is hard. I'm getting back in the driver's seat. You didn't disown God or, you know, disconfess or whatever that word is I'm looking for. You didn't disown him, but you definitely said, I'm in charge again. This has been tough and I'm going to lead my own life. But tonight, you're making a declaration in this room. I'm going to let the Holy Spirit be the driver in my life again. I'm going to recommit to letting the Holy Spirit lead me. So that means I got to surrender some stuff. I got to surrender some pride. I got to surrender some self stuff. I got to surrender some of my desires. I thought I was supposed to go down this, about to start school. I thought this is the degree plan I was supposed to do. I didn't even ask God. I just, I just ran after it. I'm going to even submit that before the Lord. But tonight, you're saying, watching online, you're saying tonight, I'm going to begin maybe for the first time in a really, 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 really long time or ever. I'm going to let the Holy Spirit begin to lead my life. If, if that's you, just this, this message just... It connects with you tonight. Would you, would you just do me something, a, a bold statement? I know this is going to be weird. I get it. But would you just stand because I want to pray a bold prayer over you. If you say that to me, I want to be led by the Holy Spirit. I want to be, be led by the Holy Spirit in my life again. This, just listen, this is a safe place. We love you. This is a safe place. There's no judgment. We love you. I've, been sta- I've stood where you've stood before. But I see this is, res- okay, let's, would you pray with me? Come on, I want to pray a bold prayer. Father, I know what this means. I know what this means as they're standing. God, even now the enemy's whispering in their ears saying, this isn't going to work, this isn't you, you're being, I, I, I hear the enemy and right now I speak against him and I say he has to be quiet, he has to be silenced, he has to flee, he has to run because the name of Jesus is being exalted in this place. Lord, I pray for those who are standing. I know how the temptation of the enemy will say, you know, it's a lot easier to just do your own thing. It's a lot easier to just live how you want to live. But God, they're standing. They're making a declaration that they want the Holy Spirit to be the leader of their life. They're yielding. They're surrendering right now to not your will, to not their will, but to your will. God, and I pray that your will would begin to activate and be functional in their life tonight, God, that from this moment on, God, that yielding that takes place would result in the, in the fruit, the love, the joy, the kindness, the goodness that comes with partnering with the Holy Spirit in their life. Father, release it amongst your people. Let it go forth and let it transform families and jobs and persons, God, I pray in the name of Jesus as we stand together with them, God, that they will be yielded, that they would put their trust in the person of the Holy Spirit and let him lead them. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on now, everybody else, would you join? Would you stand as we, as we end this last moment? Would you stand with these that are standing now? Together as a church, we make a declaration that we will be led of and by the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah.